The Secrets of Movies and TV Shows is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Movie and TV Shows. Hey everyone, I'm Thomas Sanjurjo, and you're listening to our second episode in our Secrets of Dune series, where we're going to discuss the hidden layers and deeper meanings of Frank Herbert's Dune and its various media representations. Joining me on the panel here today are Jack Barazzini. Hi, Jack. How's it going? Going well. And Andrew Hermes. Hi, Andrew. Hey, what's going on? Not much. I'm excited. We've been trying to sit on this one for a while and finally got got around to recording it. So I'm looking forward to it. Uh, So this is the second in our series of discussions about Dune as uh, we wait patiently for Danny Villeneuve's treatment of the tale. (laughs) uh, We started with the 1984 movie, which probably was not the most accurate reflection of Herbert's vision, but it sure was interesting. (laughs) Uh, tonight we're covering the longer yeah, tonight we're covering the longer but no less impressive three-part miniseries produced by the sci-fi channel back in 2000 way back when they actually spelled sci-fi correctly so if that kind of gives you an indication of the it's not sci-fi. yeah not sci-fi. Uh this gives you an indication of the theme and I, I think it's a good place to start with we're talking about this is a a much more traditionally science fiction look at the story of Paul Monty Benarakis. And um, Andrew, is this the first time you had seen this one? Uh, this is the first time I've seen it, yeah. All right. And Jack, you'd seen it before, right? Yeah, it'd been a while, okay. but I've watched it before. Yeah, I watched this one when it first came out, and I was very excited about it when it did. So uh, what were your thoughts, Andrew, compared to the David Lynch movie? This was very boring. Uh, <laughs> 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 it was a bit of a struggle to get through. Um Compared to the David Lynch movie, I know we're comparing like a longer miniseries, you know, to a two hour movie. But, uh, you know, I, I, you know, having a unique perspective on this panel, you know, for not having read the book um, and, you know, before uh, watching this miniseries, the David Lynch movie was the only sort of Dune material I've ever been exposed to. Um, You know, at least the David Lynch. uh, you know, movie was, was fun. You know, there, uh, like we talked about in, in, in that podcast, uh, you know, we, you can appreciate the campiness. You can appreciate the, uh, um, you know, a lot of the good things that are going for it. Like, uh, you know, I thought the costumes were impressive and the costumes in this one were just not good. Uh, <laughs> like the costuming was not you mean, like the giant triangle triangles <laughs> hanging out oh behind everybody's head. Yeah. Uh, dude, <laughs> It's yeah. The, the guild was just they just looked really weird um, in this yeah. one, and uh, you know I, we'll get into it some more. But overall, it, I, I, there are there are things that it definitely did better than the Lynch version. And and again, not having read the book, I understand this is much more faithful to the book than uh, Lynch's. And so I guess for me, I couldn't appreciate that part, obviously. But, um, but, you know, other than, you know, some moments that, that, uh, that I think are better, uh, I, I just didn't enjoy it as much. Couldn't appreciate it. Um, and again, watching something from early 2000s TV, early sci-fi, the CGI obviously is dated and, 
you know, that kind of has an effect on the viewing experience. But yeah, overall, I, 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 it was kind of a chore to get through for me. This one is definitely a lot, a lot longer, and it it digs into the detail of the book a lot yeah. more, um, which is hard to do. It's always hard to dig into detail of a book in a movie format, right? Because you, know, you, you you have to tell a lot of the story rather than just being able to show it, and that's always dangerous. But yeah, I I don't disagree that it was it was much it was much more effort to watch than the <laughs> nineteen eighty four movie. Sure. How about you, Jack? Uh, you'd seen it before, so what were your thoughts? Um, the first time I'd seen it, I actually had not read the book yet. Um, so I liked it a lot more on the second viewing, actually knowing where the story was going and having the context. And I do definitely see how, if you've not read the book, it's can be kind of, you can get lost in it because it was, they filmed it in a way that was kind of hard to follow. Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot of the stuff I just was able to infer because I'd read the book. Um, but overall I enjoyed it and I have a soft spot for like, terrible 90s science fiction television so it really scratched that itch <laughs> that, that it does with the cheesy blocky graphics for the ships and yeah. stuff yeah i thought you know going back to your comment andrew about the the costumes um my wife only watched the first uh block so she didn't watch all three parts she just watched the first one the worst the and, worst, uh, the worst block. i know the worst the worst yeah. part that's what i that's what yeah. i told her it was like man you missed out on the really good stuff uh but she she made the comment when they first got out of one of the uh the ornithopters and they were looking at the 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 mining vessel um she's like oh man this is like uh costume straight out of monty python <laughs> just, that's a good observation i couldn't argue with her yeah. i couldn't argue with her because she was absolutely right yep. and, and from that point on man the costumes just kind of like i, I was tr i tried to like really dig into it and go, okay like they're going with they're going with um you know kind of like uh an iconography thing where they have like halos behind the characters that need the halos and things but then when you get to that last scene and um and and paul has on this like kung fu kid oh my gosh. uh costume yeah. as the new emperor it's like oh man where did this even come from <laughs> So, yeah, I, I agree. The costumes really could have used a lot of work. <laughs> um, I, I like this one. This one I saw, I had probably read the book maybe six times by this. And I, and I have to tell you guys, I am a, this, this is my book. This, I, I read this book every year from the time that I was probably 13 until uh, 26, 27 years old and multiple times some years in there. So I, I know this book very, very well. Yeah. And I, I appreciated this series because of that. I think the first time through I watched it, I was like, finally, this is a good, you know, this is a good presentation of it. And being that it was like, you know, it was the end of the 90s uh, type of sci-fi. I, I could get behind the, the CGI. It wasn't too terrible. And the costumes weren't awful for a made for TV miniseries. <laughs> so I liked it. And, and I have to say, I think that the casting of William Hurt in the, the role of Duke Leto Atreides was just spot on uh, so much so that I really do. That is my that is the way I think of him uh, when I when I read the book, uh, whenever I go back mm -hmm. to the book. So how did you guys feel about the like the, the characters and the casting in this one? I know that there were some issues we had with the last one, like, you know, Harkonnen was weird. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was so weird. <laughs> yeah, I feel like um, it felt like as the series went on, the the actors got more comfortable with their mm. characters because starting out, everyone felt very stiff, very wooden, especially Paul. Mm -hmm. Like he came across as he, he reminded me of a, when Hayden Christensen played Anakin, <laughs> that same kind of feel. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I feel like as he went on, he, 
he kind of came into the role and it got a lot better. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I agree. I, I wouldn't say it got so much better, but uh, he did start off like very, I mean, this was a whiny Paul. And I don't know if mm-hmm. Paul was that whiny in the book, but it, it started off pretty whiny. Um, and uh, it, it, it just, he never sat well with me throughout the whole movie. And And if you, again, if you don't know the story, um, I mean, obviously I know the story, but, uh, but I didn't read the book, like I've said, but if you don't know the story, you would think you kind of can't blame them that William Hurt was a star <laughs> of this <Right>. thing, that, <laughs> yeah. you know, watching the first block, uh, especially, and, and, you know, you would think Paul's just a, you know, a, a minor character. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I thought the casting of William Hurt was, was good. And I, I kind of thought he phoned it in for this. But William Hurt phoning it in is still better than anyone else in the cast. So <laughs> that's, that's absolutely true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. So he uh, uh, he was great. His presence is is always great on screen. Um, and uh, yeah, I thought you know Baron was was much better in this one than uh, in the Lynch version. And um, you know, other than that, I think overall it's as you know, as as good and as bad as you would expect from a TV yeah. miniseries, you know, from from sci-fi. Uh, so I, I, yeah. I thought the casting was, you know, knowing what you're getting into, I thought it was just fine. Uh, but I, I, but the the Paul the Paul casting again, you know, I even thought, uh, um, gosh, why am I blanking on his name? Lynch's version. Uh, yeah, I thought I thought I thought he was not the best Paul, you know, because that was mm-hmm. like very early in his career. I think it was his first major role, um, uh, like we talked about in, in the first podcast. Uh, but and I think they just didn't nail it with Paul in this one either, um, in my mm-hmm. opinion. And uh, you know, we'll see. Hopefully, Timothy Chalamet has the chops for it. I mean, I mean, he definitely has yeah. the 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 work uh you know if you look at his if you've seen any of his work he, he is he's a pretty well established actor for how young he is and um there, there's a lot riding on him uh but I, I don't think we've seen the right paul yet and i know i can't me saying that doesn't carry that much weight we're not writing not having read the book yet but i think i think we can agree that you know the that that character probably deserves um you know, a lot better than, than we've seen on, on live action. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, I definitely agree. And he's a hard character to nail too. Like, I, I think the one thing they do very poorly in this miniseries is showing, um, Paul's feeling about who he is because through, yeah. throughout the book, one of the major themes is that he's resisting his future and you don't really get a sense of that. You, you get a sense that he's whiny and he doesn't really want to kind of progress, but there's no real feeling that he doesn't want to become who he must become. And um, that's hard to act though. It's really hard to to do that without coming across as whiny. I think that's one of the hard things about adapting Dune to the screen because so much of the character work is done with internal monologues mm-hmm. in the book and you can do what they did in the David Lynch version where they have all these really awkward voiceovers or you can try to show that through character actions more. And I don't feel like either adaption so far has really gotten that down. I, I very much agree with that point. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, I, I 
it, a lot of it depends too on how the movie's kind of put together. Like what is it, what are the themes it's focusing on? You know, it's kind mm-hmm. of, um, when you, when you look at this book, it, it was a very specific kind of time and place and it fit sort of in that, uh, in that space of, uh, you know, the, the fifties and sixties and the zealotry that was coming up from all of the different uh, places in the world where there were these, this non-conforming belt and peoples were the, the same people that were still having, uh, not be part of the quote unquote global community today. Right. And it looked very different portraying that in the eighties than it did in the early two thousands before, uh, you know, the world trade center and all of that, all of our motion back into the middle East. We had just come out of a, a war in the nineties and in that area. And we're about to be diving back into one. So, you know, I think you look at the, the things like the zealotry of the Freeman and the religious tones of the story that kind of come through here. And it's different. It's very different than the Lynch film. Mm-hmm. But it, that treatment can really change how you talk about the, you know, how, how the characters come across in the series. Um, so, you know, I think that's one thing. Uh, so, Andrew, you hadn't seen it until now. So that's that's kind of it might have might have been different for you. But Jack, how, how did you feel about watching it at that point? Did you have any of that kind of stuff going on? I did. And it definitely felt like a very dated portrayal of that kind of story like you could if you didn't say what yours is from i'd be like 98 99 2000 right it definitely has that feel yeah i feel like it's you could even compare it to uh the new battlestar galactica which i feel like took a lot of the same themes but handled them better and that came out just a few years later that's true it did yeah it was uh like it was oh three i think oh three oh four sometime yeah that sounds right oh four yeah yeah, I think that that was interesting and like watching the political because th- this one focused a lot more on the politics than yeah. the David Lynch version. You, know, you had a lot more shots of the emperor and of the emperor's daughter, Irulan, um, who was an interesting addition to this because the book kind of toys with that idea, but doesn't really full on go there as much as it does in in this movie. And that's... um. I liked how they pulled that political aspect of it in, but it definitely changes the the timbre of what the lady Jessica is doing when she's encouraging who she had a much bigger role in this movie for sure. But you know, when she's encouraging uh, Paul to embrace the, what these people think of him and kind of pushing him to become this religious figure. And it's a very different field than even the story in the book portrays of her. Uh, where she she's almost resisting his fate as well. She knows what his fate is and she's kind of resisting it, but knows that they have to survive. And um, you see a very different side of them in here, which is, I, I think it, it changes, like it changes the way that, that the, the actor has to portray what they're going for. And I, that's one thing that I'm really interested in seeing how this new series uh, comes out. Um, have you guys seen the new Blade Runner? Yes. 2049. Oh man, yes. I definitely recommend it if you haven't seen it. Uh, yeah, it it really is. It it, it you you see that uh, Denis Villeneuve understands the story that was being told in the first one, mm-hmm. makes a new version of it for our day and age because that movie is definitely a dated you know nineteen eighties. Blade the original Blade Runner is definitely a nineteen eighties right. movie. This is definitely a two thousands movie, but it doesn't forgo any of the things that were portrayed it just deepens them by kind of 
diving into that next level. And that's really nice. what I'm hoping for with this this series of movies that and, and I trust that he'll do it, but you know, that he's gonna just take that next step and like really dive into the story fully and then update it to where we are now. Right. I think something that is lacking in this version is that they focus a lot on kind of the pseudo religious aspects of Paul and his takeover of the Fremen, but they don't really dive into the backstory that they have in the book with how the Bene Gesserit set up that belief system throughout the galaxy. And I think that's a big part of it is they're almost just Paul and Jessica are caught up in this thing that is much bigger than them that is just moving forward and mm -hmm. they really don't have a choice at the end of the day. Yeah, I, I, w I would agree with that. And um, I think they, they tried to touch on it. That's one of the things that you see in this movie. They tried to touch on a lot of that stuff, but you see that it kind of gets out of control after a little while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I think it you know, happened with the, with the 84 movie. It happened with this movie. And, I, you know, we're next going to try and move, I think, into the, um, the, the failed version of the movie that, that didn't happen. I think that's one of our next uh, topics that we're going to look at is the, the 70s version that, that didn't happen because I believe the same kind of thing happened there. <laughs> just kind of the, the person in control of it lost control of it and it just took off on its own train, which is hilarious when it's very meta to the whole concept of the main character of this story is like just losing control of his yeah. life and like it's kind of getting out of out of out of hand well it's funny if you've been if you've been uh, if you, i'm sure you, you guys have been following the news with uh you know warner brothers announcing that they're going to release all their films yep. in 2021 on hbo max the same day it comes out in theaters and then uh i'm sure you guys saw the danny villa news reaction mm -hmm. to that yeah and he, he, he was not happy yeah. not happy with, yeah is, is an understatement and he he wrote a pretty scathing uh you know um i don't know if it was if he wrote a letter or if it was in an interview but his words were pretty uh pretty damning and i, I thought they were much much more harsh than uh christopher nolan's uh what christopher nolan had to say um so but you know there are rumors now surrounding the movie where they're kind of you know, uh, you know, Legendary Pictures is uh, the co-producer. Warner Brothers is the uh, uh, distributor. Um, and Legendary was not aware of HBO's uh, or Warner Brothers, you know, plan to do this. So they're, uh, I mean, uh, there's nothing concrete, but they're 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 threatening lawsuits. They're, um, oh wow! And, yeah, because <laughs> over yeah. this, and who knows if that will delay this movie even longer. I mean. I, yeah. I really hope oh not for, for no 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 yeah for our sake <laughs> go get get it solved man get it solved <laughs> uh, but I, I mean i don't know how much uh say he has i think warner brothers can pretty much do what they want in this situation but yeah um but it's just funny that you mentioned that because like you know don't don't be so sure yeah. that we that that date will hold. we haven't seen that yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. maybe it happens here maybe that's just the the curse of of dune on the screen right honestly yeah <laughs> Uh, it, it might be never make it well i think it's, it's funny too because like I, I think we take for granted the miniseries format today you know it's it's something that we uh we see a lot of kind of with netflix and with amazon prime you can just grab you know let's just do a short run of something get it on there and not anticipate having to syndicate it and you know all of the, the many many long passages of things that happen of like a 10 year running 10 season running tv show or something like that and um, I think that that's a kind of a unique thing to this time period. You know, we were coming out of the um, 
the 90s where we had like a bunch of Star Treks. We had this incredibly long running X-Files that was still going on at this point, but, you know, was kind of running its course by this time. And then um, one of my favorites was Babylon 5 uh, that ended just two years before this came out, um, which if you haven't seen Babylon 5, it's def- must watch TV. You, you have got to go yes. back and see it. Even even with the dated graphics, it's a fantastic gra- show. Yeah, <laughs> the graphics are as good as this Dune. Oh, yeah, they're absolutely as good. <laughs> but it's a great show. <laughs> and not an iota better, but it's a great show. It really is. <laughs> the The costuming and makeup in that one, though, is fantastic. It is it is spot yeah. on. They did not spare a dime on the costuming in that one. Um, and then, you know, we've got a couple years still before we're coming up to the, the mid thousands of the Battlestar Galactica is the, um, the next generation of them. Um, sadly, the Firefly, they, you know, hit early two thousands and should have been a much longer show than oh, yeah, it was. Ugh. Uh, <laughs> but you know, I, I think, I think it's, it's interesting that we, um, you know, we, this, this was one that it was a story that fit this period and you, you. I, they went on and they did another one. They did a Children of Dune, which I never, I haven't watched, yeah. but I really only like the first book anyway. So that's <laughs> that's my excuse for not watching the rest of it. <laughs> uh, but you know, this this is kind of the thing that was. It, I'm and I'm surprised that it got made just because of how much serialization of everything was going on at the time. That's I, you know, what are your guys' thoughts about that? I think this is something that could have been. If it had come an, a decade later, would have been picked up by HBO and could have gone the Game of Thrones route where they would have put a lot of money into it and tried to do every single book in the series. And, you know, depending on what your view of the end of Game of Thrones was, it could have been good or it could have been terrible. (laughs) Um, But I feel like it almost, it came out a little bit before we got that switch of television where people actually realized you could do movie quality storytelling and movie quality effects in television. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I like the fact that they're breaking up the new one into multiple series just so they can, tell a whole story yeah yeah definitely i think looking looking back you know reading a little bit about the history of this 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 was sort of like sci-fi's big thing like at the time it was a fairly new network if i'm not mistaken and um this was kind of like their i don't know if it was their launch title but it was kind of like you know the their biggest thing to date and you know they kind of banked on it for their for their future and um, yeah, I, I, you know, the, the miniseries format, I think obviously is perfect for a property like this. And, um, I know that, uh, like, you know, like you said, Daily Villeneuve is, is going to break, break, you know, do one half of the book, I think, right. For the first one and then, then do a second one. Um, so that's essentially, a, if you put them together, the length of a miniseries. So, uh, so I think that works. And, and again, uh, uh, for for a property like like Dune, you know, I, I I'm pretty sure one day we'll probably get like that Game of Thrones type of series for for this property. Uh, yeah, especially yeah. especially if uh, if the movies do really well, um, then then they're gonna you know bank on it and, and do spinoffs and series and do the do the other books and all that stuff. So, um, but yeah, I. I I think you know for today for today's time it's it's doing for the for a streaming platform you know it's it's a good sort of test for any property to do a to do a mini series because 
then if it does really well, you can say, oh, well, we're going to do a season two. And then <laughs> or we're going right. to. Yeah, if it doesn't do well, then it was like, yeah, it was just, it was just a contained story. So, right. Yeah, uh, it just works. Uh, that sort of format just works for the time we're in now. And uh, um, and it, it allows us to have all this content, you know, because we don't have to wait for for it to show up in a, you know, in a movie theater um, uh, and be sort of constrained to the the two to three hour format. So, you know, it's, it's all great. And uh, for, I mean, I think the rating, I think the ratings are really well for this, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, the, yeah. I think when it came out, yeah. it was, it did well. It did pretty well. Yeah. yeah. It was successful. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think if, uh, and I don't know, was it, was it well received critically at the time? Do you know that? I think pretty yeah. well received. It seems like it's, it's liked overall. I think that over time, people's view of it has gone down just because it's aged so sure, poorly. Yeah. Um, but overall, I think, I think people liked yeah. it. It was really ambitious too. That's the other thing is at the time it was a big, it was a big deal and it was from a, yeah. a relatively unknown, well, not unknown, but a relative, uh, relative to the big names, you know, cause it wasn't a, a CBS, NBC, uh, ABC oh, production. Yeah. These yeah. guys, you know, these guys yeah. were off the beat. No, I remember sci-fi. Sure. Sci-fi was a joke. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I remember I, <laughs> back then. Yeah. The sci-fi channel was like, man, if you want to watch like just really cheap, campy, you know, <laughs> right. Uh, sci-fi that, that that's that's where you want to go and and for a lot that's <laughs> that's a very like sort of uh, niche thing um and i'm i'm actually surprised that sci-fi has lasted this long but um because they they had it kind of had that reputation for a while but i guess there are enough people that are into that to, to keep it alive mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it's fun stuff <laughs> well they had the expanse but then they I messed that yeah. up and lost it to Amazon. That's right. Yeah, Amazon just came out with the, or is about to come fifth out season. or something like that. Yeah, fifth, fifth season just dropped. Yeah, just I haven't watched out. it yet, but man, I'm looking forward to it. That's a great show. I haven't so. watched that one yet, but it's it's on my it's on my list to, to get into. That's a a really good one. That's hard hard science fiction, which I think is what a lot of people have trouble following, uh, swallowing the hard science fiction where it's. And and I'll, I will say, you know, I think going back to you know where you were talking about this one before that this this series was a lot more boring than the than the, the David Lynch series. There, there was a lot of density to it, and that's one of the things about the book is uh, the book itself was really ambitious in science fiction because it was really in that golden age science fiction writing style where there weren't a lot of you know uh, ships flying around fighting each other in space. There wasn't a lot of you know, there was one really big battle right at the end and that was pretty much it. Uh, other than that, it was just kind of building these characters and how they were dealing with the world that they were dealing with. And, you know, that's kind of the golden age trope of like, what, what does the world of the future look like and how has it affected us? And it wasn't until we got into that next generation of science fiction where we started getting the space operas like star Wars that were really, that really took the stage and kind of became much more popular. Uh, even with Star Trek, there's still a lot of exploration and space battles and things like that. You don't get as much, quite as much of the, like, you know, just person to person interaction. Uh, right. So, you know, it, it's a very different kind of science fiction and the expanse sort of fits in there, but then does some really neat things with it. Uh, and my favorite part about the expanse is that everything is absolutely real. Like it's all, this is what the technology could could will likely actually look like when we get to that level of moving around 
Right. There's no artificial gravity or warp drives. Mm -hmm. Something that I like about uh, Dune, and this is more applied to the book than the uh, adaptions, but it does a really good job of making its world feel natural and lived Mm -hmm. in. And the technology feels believable for the world. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like something that someone just sat down and made up. It's kind of the same thing with Lord of the Rings. It has that same depth of world building. Yeah. The, the, this miniseries I thought did a good job of building the world of, of Arrakis, uh, much more than the Lynch version. And obviously a lot of that has to do with the, has more time to do it, but I, I thought that's one of the bright spots was it really, it mm-hmm. really built the world, uh, the, the world building aspects, uh, really well. Yeah, no, that was, and it, and it's, it's interesting too, because it's also on top of the, of, of the consistency of the world, there's a lot of anachronisms that are prevalent throughout Dune. You know, you got Gurney Halleck with his uh, loot that he carries around everywhere. And, um, you know, all of this, the swashbuckling sort of nature of it, because you have to get in close quarters combat because of the shields, you know, and, and it's kind of like, uh, Frank Herbert wanted this internally consistent world. And so he's, he said, I want it to be internally consistent, but I also want them to be able to fight with swords. How do I make that happen? (laughs) And so he made it happen and it worked. Uh, But, but yeah, you, you do have to, you know, I I like that he addressed that, that he didn't just, you know, kind of wave his hand at it and say, well, people just like fighting with swords. So there we go. They're fighting with swords now. Right. And one thing I really appreciated about this, as opposed to the David Lynch version is that they do the weirding way mm. more correctly. It's still, they still don't handle it the same way, the way it is in the book. Right. But they don't have those weird voice the boxes voice, that they just shout at people. Which, yeah. <laughs> which is one of my least favorite parts about that movie. No, I know. Oh my gosh. And and I will say as a Catholic, I really want to see Dr. UA actually fully portrayed in this new series because, um, Yue is a Catholic and he has this tiny little Catholic Bible that he carries with him everywhere so that he can reference it. And it's so small that he has to have magnifying glasses to be able to read it in the book. And um, and it adds so much depth to that character when you get to that betrayal part and, you know, the story of Judas and you've brought in all of that into how he views Leto and what he's trying to do by giving uh, Leto this chance to defeat the great evil. And in the process, he's betraying him and his family to do it. And it's, you is one of my favorite characters that just kind of gets sidelined as the traitor <laughs> in, in yeah. these movie presentations of him. Um, so I would really like to see that kind of come more to the forefront. Um, and I, I know it's difficult because, you know, you've got a character that you're going to invest a whole bunch of time in that's really only there to serve that one purpose of getting from them landing on Arrakis to the, the Harkonnens being able to come in and take over. But he really is very central to, like, everything that happens at that point. Yeah, and they really don't cover that in either either version. Mm-hmm. He's just kind of the one-dimensional kills him and then needs to come. All right. Any final thoughts about this one? I know this is a shorter episode for a longer series, but it, it's kind of it's that it was it was good. <laughs> it was all right. <laughs> Man. So if you like Dune, it's worth watching. But right. if you don't like Dune, I would not recommend this as an intro to that world, mm-hmm. especially if you're used to watching higher quality television. It'll be interesting after I read the book if I appreciate this this miniseries more. Um, because yeah, from the sounds of it, it looks like he is pretty much for 
people who've read the book. Um, I think if you haven't, if you haven't been introduced to Dune, there's plenty of uh, early 2000s sci-fi that you could watch. That's probably better. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, like you mentioned Babylon 5 and Battlestar yeah, Galactica yeah. is, is amazing. I haven't seen Babylon 5, but Battlestar Galactica is, is, is uh, brilliant. Um, it was a weird production choice to not shoot at an actual desert. Right. I think I think they could have easily yeah. the, the production you know design could have easily looked a lot better. They just shot on a location. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, I was, I was reading reading up on a little bit about the the production, and they they shot this in like oh, I forgot where somewhere in Eastern Europe. I'm like, why did they choose to shoot there? I mean, they could have. I mean, unless it was unless it was like super cheap to shoot at this at this place, but I, f- I feel like they could have. It would have gone a long way if they just found a desert and just shot there. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, I just thought of that. And and, and I, there's a lot of that matte background going on, right? Yeah, <laughs> and again, it's for 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 something that's so uh, early 2000s. It's, it's just so dated and just looks so wrong. But I think even if, well, you know, you look at like like Villeneuve's uh, you know version, like they're obviously shooting, you know. At actual deserts, and they're not. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not like uh, you know, green screen or anything like that. And I mean, that, that's what makes it so easy. You know, if you do a sci-fi and, and you describe the planet as just this desert <laughs> sort of thing, right. you, we, you can yeah. you can get it done. You can make it happen. It feels like a a play. Yeah, it exactly. does. Yeah, there are yes. so many points where it does. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I, I wonder, I, I wonder directorially if that's kind of where the experience was coming from, because you do see a lot of blocking in this one that is really just bizarre and doesn't make sense for the camera work that's going on, but would make sense if it was all on stage. You know, I, I think yeah. especially at that last scene where he fights, um, where he fights Fedrotha and, uh, it, it looks like it was made for you to be sitting in the audience watching that scene on, you know, come out on the stage that's a good point. I that I hadn't really thought about that, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, once you view it that way, it's kind of easier to watch it. You just okay, this is a stage play. Yeah. Huh. Very good. Pretty good observation. Yeah. yeah. And the costumes with the big oh, I know. triangles oh, and circles. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> and Princess Irulan's hats, man. Oh my goodness. Oh, <laughs> Someone likes their weird hats that, in that yes. production. Oh wow. It was it was almost like it was easy just shorthand to try to kind of put people in weird hats and okay so all the space guild's gonna have this bizarre hat thing that's going on it's like okay <laughs> let's run with it see there you go <laughs> all right uh anything else from you guys that's no, it. Think so. oh. all right well that is it from us um what do you think about the 2000 miniseries dune either the first time you watched it or on a rewatch uh, be sure to email us or comment on our Facebook or Twitter page and let us know. You can email us any feedback by finding StarQuest on Facebook at facebook.com slash starquestmedia and on Twitter at SQPN. We'd like to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create Secrets of Movies and TV. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the Secrets of Movie TV and all the shows here at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. Also, be sure to subscribe to the show in Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or the SQPN YouTube channel. 
To find previous episodes of Secrets of Movie and TV Shows, please visit sqpn.com slash secrets of movie and TV shows, separated by dashes. Uh, next time, uh, we'll be talking about the failed attempt to bring the story to life in Jodorowsky's Dune, which was a 70s attempt to kind of do a psychedelic version of Dune. And I'll admit, I have not seen this one, so I'm really looking forward to, to our watch and talk about this. Um, and, you know, like we've been talking about, why this property can inspire so much fervor that it seems to drive projects into the ground. <laughs> uh, so uh, until then, uh, Andrew Hermes, thank you for joining me for The Secrets of Dune. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. And Jack Berazzini, thank you as well. Thanks, Thomas. And once again, I'm Thomas Sanherho. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Movie and TV on StarQuest. Quest.